a tick. I've gone oh, camping. I've gone oh camping. God. Woken up with a few, quite a few ticks down there oh. in the, the nether regions. You mean That's more than so- one? Oh, yeah. It was more than one. Ooh. That is. Yeah, yeah. And then you, know, you have to like burn them off. They yeah. don't. You can't like just yank them out. Like, you know, those, especially uh, on the penis. You know those flying ants? I don't know if they're actually ants or not, but that's what we always called them because mm-hmm. they look like ants with wings. Yeah. I found one of those in my labes once. Ah! <laughs> I think those are yeah. those are uh. ants, but they're called alates, like A-L-A-T-E-S, like an alate. That's like a fucking a part of a mating pair of ants. So it might have actually been a flying ant. Uh, thank you, Dr. Ant Coochie. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I don't even know how it got there. Band. I'm hoping it was already dead when it got there, honestly. Because if it was still alive and was just smothered by my labial folds, mm. it kind of, I don't know. You don't want it to be like a fucking weapon? Like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That I mean, It kind of makes me feel dead. sorry for it. <laughs> like, I'm it's, sure okay. There's, it's okay to be deadly. I'm sure there's plenty of people who've wanted to drown in this pussy before, but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's this was an now. innocent bystander. I think the weirdest or most off-putting. Oh, it was when I put that burrito on your dick. Nah, Remember? I think. Well, the, there's the burrito. The burrito. I mean, you know. Who I mean, the burrito it? is also a fleshlight. That's yeah. very true. It the was, burrito is nature's fleshlight. It, it was nice Nature, and warm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I think the weirdest still Spicy. would probably have to be fire. You put your dick in a fire. Oh, because you I lit it. my dick on That's fire. That's right. You lit, you lit your dick on fire. Yeah, I fucking but. sprayed it with some hairspray and fucking just <laughs> whoosh. And then Bacardi 151. Holy whoosh. fuck. Yeah, there's, awesome. there's pictures of it. Mm. Like, But, I, you know, it's kind of fucked up. I just found a, a Facebook page called UFC Kink. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to like right. it with our, Man, uh, with is our this, profile. And is it like... Like Wait. them fucked up injuries kink thing, like broken leg shit. Well, let me. I think they mean like sexual kink. Yeah, like sexual oh. kink. All right, check this. Or out. maybe that is their kink. Is That's like what I'm saying. Like injured... some people like get off on like people getting fucking broken shit. Like look yeah. at this. Shit. It's like that. Oh. Uh, <laughs> those people who get she off has, on car crashes. They're like one you, of the you girls know, okay, like down. I, you used to do. Uh, yeah, yeah. So sometimes when you're when you're wrestling and you're doing ground. So work, in one of the pictures, one of the girls is. Face down on her hands and knees, and the other girl's on top, on the uh, right side, right guard, I guess you would call it. But then she has her hand. She's you could tell she's probably working, but she has her hand like directly. Someone on her just beach. caught a picture right at the right time. I That's thought it looked like it's going into butt. Yeah, yeah, but the hand's like right at the gooch. But she's not like you can tell she's not like digging in her gooch. She's just like oh she's probably God. adjusting. Yeah, she's just, probably just like probably ready, moving like, her hand. Know? Some weirdos out there screenshotting this shit and. Like right at the wrong time. Yeah. So it's like, oh, geez, are these UFC pervert? Uh, that's that's exactly what it is. Cool. Well, you know, rule thirty four, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. that's why that exists. It's your shit. I thought it was gonna be something I mean, like, like weirder pic- than that, though. That's just regular like sexualized oh, no. shit. Right. I thought. Oh it was no, no, be there's like... still people here that are all about the uh, the broken bones being. Uh, oh. No, yeah. did you find the broken bone Dang. stuff? Yeah. There's the broken bone fetish. Oh, I knew it. Uh, yeah, it's it's in there, man. I mean, you know, I might be into some some rel- relatively kinky stuff. I always figured I'm kind of vanilla, you know. I just kind of <laughs> like, you know, just kind of like smacking some booties and like, you know, some some butt stuff. I'm not just butt right, stuff. Right. I'm talking about butt stuff. <laughs> butt. You got to like, I like that. Yeah. Butt stuff. Yeah, why not? Yeah, because you know. Just, 
there's there's some some you say just butt stuff. Some people assume it's just some light booty play, but that's not where I'm. No, coming you worship from. the booty. Oh, I don't worship the booty. I make a transdimensional portal to unite all booties <laughs> yes, across yes. all multiverses. <laughs> Let's go, black so hole booty hole. That's, Butts. Black hole booty hole. That's why you got to say it like that, too. Put so much emphasis but. on the butt. But I do, I do have a well-pampered booty. I have, <laughs> I have to admit, it always feels very loved. Nice. <laughs> Except when I'm just nice. standing there not doing anything, and then all of a sudden your tongue's in my butthole. Or like, which has happened <laughs> more than once. And whenever I forget to shave, too, you mm. know, so you got like a oh. cactusy face, like fucking blowing bubbles on your butt. Feels like a cat's licking my butt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's terrible. Like it's just sticking its tongue right there in my butt crack. <sighs> like I'm a newborn kitten. <laughs> you know, my brother and I saw some, uh, I think I was like maybe 12 or 13 and Tommy was like eight or nine years old. And there was some documentary about sumo wrestlers and they were being very candid. And there was an Oyakata on there and I can't remember who he was. Now that I'm older and really into sumo, I really want to find out who he is. But someone had asked, uh, since sumo wrestlers are so, so big, did they have problems, uh, with, with romance and problems, you know, getting ladies? And the, and the guy, you know, very heavily accented, you know, was like, Oh no, sumo wrestler does not have any trouble finding woman in Japan. Sumo wrestler <laughs> yeah. have PP this big. Like, <laughs> made like a, about the size of a, I'm talking like a big eggplant. You know? Yeah, a big eggplant. Like a big eggplant. And I just really want to find out who that Oyakata was and find that fucking video. Was that clip real? Again. Yeah. It was like, a, it was an American fucking, like, it was something like, remember a current affair or yeah. remember those really Hard bad copies? Yeah, or like shit. one of yeah. those kinds of shows from in the 90s. Cause yeah. like I was a kid and Tommy was a kid and he can corroborate it. He was there because we laughed our fucking asses <laughs> off and we never saw that fucking clip again. Oh my god. Nice. This big. No, this big. <laughs> it was that, and we watched the Pantera Vulgar video like religiously, yes. and it Let's warped go. us because we were kids. Hell yeah. We were 13 years, <laughs> 13 and 9 watching fucking, you know, Phil and Selmo pee on people. And, you know. <laughs> Man, yeah, that's a badass video. Oh, jeez. It was really bad. I think I had that on VHS. I did too. <laughs> did you know that this is actually our fifth? Like five zero five zero, yeah, fifty fifty fiftieth episode. Fifty fiftieth. Yeah, yeah, that's fucking wackiness. I can't even fathom that. Once we start getting into triple digits, that's where I'm really gonna kind of be like, what? Yeah, yeah. Well, this isn't a dollop as much as I'd want it to be. Oh, any any look back on faves? Favorite episodes? Look back on favorite episodes. Let's okay, see. I think one of my all-time favorites was the fucking Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's. Yeah. Valentine's. <laughs> that was good. I can't say that word correctly. Valentine's Day. Valentine's. I sound like Squizgar. <laughs> you do. That's <laughs> <laughs> not Valentine's Day. <laughs> no, the Valentine's Day episode was great. Rick, what was your favorite episode of the podcast? I think there was the one that was like the, the hometown thing. Um, it was like the, the episode you did about uh, the first time y'all went to Salina, like where I first yeah. found you guys. Oh, yeah. 
the first roller town excursion. Yeah. That was such a. Cool it was. It's called like hometown something. Hometown sumo. Something like that. Yeah, I I yeah. know what you're talking about. It that's does have clever. some sort so of just because like that. that's that's the first episode I had listened of y'all. Because I, you know, I met you, were you guys. At that yeah, because I was there event. and I found yeah. you guys and I was like, oh, they have a podcast and I found it and I was like, what's this one? And that was the first one I found and I listened Hell to it and I was like, oh, this is cool. That that was a really. Fun I think we might have even mentioned you in that episode. I think we did. Like, yeah, yeah we did. even knew who you were. We yeah, were you like, did. Yeah, there were these fucking like. What, how did I, I describe said them? Oh, I think I knew you already knew you, we were brothers, and I think that's what y'all said. Like, Re- yeah, remember, it, we, that's back when we used to call Bubba fucking Baby Abby. <laughs> yo, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there was that picture of him whenever it was one of his first practices back when we were still, still in Carrollton, and he had his yeah. hair down. And then there's that picture of Abby, you know, in the yeah, stable yeah. with this hair. They looked yes. damn they near looked, identical. It was like the same guy. I cool. know, right? <laughs> but yeah, but now the way like Bubs fights, he's starting to get more Tupari style. He kind of is baby Abby. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's getting that Supati in. Hell yeah. What reach she would Rick be? Oh shit, man! Let's see. Rick's got that fucking good, like pushing, thrusting style, but he's got that fucking. He's got elements of Hokuto Fuji. I would. That's say. That's what I was thinking. Hokuto <laughs> Fuji. Those, those, fuck that yeah. fucking Billy Goat. Fucking. <laughs> yep, Hokuto nice. Fuji. Cool. That's who it. you are now, Rick. You're Hokuto you. Fuji. I'll Congratulations. Take it. Hell yeah. Yeah. Even you. though I've done very little sumo, sumo myself. Oh, and hey, we who all do you, have. Who beers. do you think I would be? Oh yeah, let's get them beers in. Cheers. 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 Who would who would you be? Yes. Oh, let's see. Who would Sabrina be? Like, okay, Ozumo? Mm-hmm. Midori Fuji. Midori Fuji? Yeah. That's really? exact, yeah. Because you're uh, the you're the pit bull. You yeah. guys are so <laughs> Did you see that? Well, I guess we should just start the episode. Never mind. Hi, my name is Sabrina, and I think... If I were going to do a sumo match against a non-Rishi, it would have to be... I don't know why I thought of this person, but the first person that popped in my head was Reba McIntyre. Fucking Reba. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think she's shorter than me, so I I can probably... Nah. She's kind of short. Reba, Reba, but both of y'all are short. That'd be like Hardfoot versus Hobbit. Hold on. I mean, she wears a lot of boots, maybe? Oh, yeah, she probably does. She's 5'7", god damn it. <laughs> no, is- that, that means you could get under her, though. You oh, there get, you go. Yeah, see, if you, if you could get lower than Reba, you can, like, you know, pick her up by her mawashi and drive her out. Okay, yeah. true. See, there you're you Midori Fuji. Midori Fuji okay. style, there you go. Yeah. Okay, then I'm, I'm sticking with Reba. Rick, <laughs> yeah. introduce yourself. I'm Rick, and a non-Rikishi that I would fight in a sumo bout would be Alfred Hitchcock. Ooh, Alfred yeah, yeah. Hitchcock. Yeah, yeah. He got Maybe. a he got a big ass head. I just wanna He's <laughs> <laughs> a he's a pretty big dude too. Yeah, he's pretty big. You know, he'd probably get a good touch eye. Okay, if I were going to fight You gotta someone... say your name first. Oh, my name is Matt. <laughs> and if I were gonna fight someone, uh, a non non sumo wrestler in a sumo bout, I would probably fight Trixie Mattel. Trixie Mattel. Trixie Mattel. 
Trixie Mattel, the drag queen. The drag queen. I could have swore you were going to say something like um, Optimus Prime or fucking Skeletor. Skeletor, Well, if if we're talking, see, I thought we were talking about real people. Let's go non-fictional. Okay, so if we're going fictional... If we're going fictional, okay. Fictional, yeah, fictional. See, see with yours, see, Reba is a, a real person and a fictional character because she was had her own show on the WB, That's remember? That's true, right. yeah, she did. Okay, oh, and the thing about Trixie Mattel's Tachi eye, though, with all those wigs, you know? <laughs> that, that shit wouldn't hurt. I could take that Tachi eye. Okay, so non... Okay, we're talking about fiction, like straight-up fiction. So, my name is Matt, and a fictionalized entity that I would fight in a sumo bout would either have to be Snarf from Thundercats or fucking Skeletor. <laughs> I knew yes. it was going to be Skeletor. Well, He's we, been wanting go. to name our kids Skeletor for the entire time we've been together. Man. It's, well, we already do sumo with Beastman. That's right, true. true. Yeah. yeah, Beastman's already up in there. So, okay, were, would you win against Skeletor or would he win against mm. you? He's fucking built. I mean, you've seen yeah, Skeletor? Yeah, Skeletor's, Skeletor's got some fucking muscles. He he's already lot, wearing though. that furry mawashi anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so I just lift him up by his furry mawashi and probably just toss oh, his there ass. There you go. Okay, okay. Before we forget to do it, this right. is... Sumo Punks! Alright, we made it. We made it all the way through an intro, guys. <laughs> you opened the floodgates talking about Skeletor. <laughs> Shit was bound to happen. It was gonna happen. Okay. Well, we're finally back from moving into our new house. We've been gone for, fuck, it's been like over a month, hasn't it? Over a month. There's been a lot of time this between... This house is awesome. I got the tour. My favorite yeah. place is the murder shed. Yeah, we have a murder shed in our backyard now. Um, I'm thinking about fixing it up. Uh, maybe I, putting I, some murder flowers I can't decide front. if it's more Leatherface or more Dr. Satan, but it's one yeah, of them. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. Maybe a combination. A combination. <laughs> I need to put on some shows back there. Nice, Ooh, nice little metal yeah. punk shows or I whatever. I fucking love that. I'm just glad that we have the space now to like set up our recording area and yeah. like have all of the things that we want to have in a. I lost my train of thought because you fed me beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Here know what cheers. I'm trying to say, God cheers. Damn it. Cheers. <laughs> cheers. Cheers. See, I got the uh, the non-alcoholic beers. And, and it's episode fifty, guys. Episode fifty. This is our fiftieth. Five zero. Looks like we made it. Look how far we've come now, babe. Okay. I'll <laughs> but um, there is a bar show going on. Yeah. I think we should probably talk about that. Nagoya. Nagoya. We're here to talk about Nagoya. This is what happens when I try to make a podcast episode while drunk. Rick, how you doing over there? Pretty good. What do you know about the upcoming sumo events in the world of amateur sumo? Pulling up uh, sumo411.com. Go check those guys out for all your sumo info. Thanks, Kellyanne. Yeah, Kellyanne kills it on this. First thing that pops up is uh, 61st Brazilian Sumo Championship. For the whole country of Brazil. It's pretty badass. What's what's nice. that kid's name, that dude? Is it a Hui? Ori? I don't Hui? know. Hui? 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 I don't Rui? know. Hui? I can't I hope remember he's his not name. listening to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry for butchering your name, dude. But he competed at the World Games, and he was pretty fucking badass. Hell yeah. All right, what do we got after that? Oh, Raijin. They're having their sumo camp from the 28th of July through the 30th. 
That's going to be in Raleigh, North Carolina. I think at Pullen Park. Something like that. It's on their social media. Yeah, you could contact Raijin Sumo. Uh, they're, you know, at NC Sumo on Instagram. They will definitely provide you with details. Yeah, man, I really wanted to go. But I, really I, to go I, I, I did buy a t-shirt, though. I uh, wanted to fight Sensei Ooh, Seth. I Might uh, talk to Caitlin, pick my shirt up. I want to say Hayden I, fights. Mm. Yeah. I'm about to call him Sumo Seth. <laughs> Sensei <laughs> Seth. <laughs> he is, he's Sumo Seth now. He just can't help it. And then on the 5th of August... There's actually three different tournaments going on at the same time. Yes, so we have the Powell Street Tournament in Vancouver, British Columbia. That is August 5th through 6th. And then there is the Harvest Days Sumo Open, Salt Lake City, Utah. There's lots of information about this in a really cool Grand Sumo Breakdown episode that interviewed George Ferris about this one. And then there is the... Scottish Sumo Open! Yeah. Oh, man. We man, did. I, I'm so excited about this. I really, really, really wanted to go. I wanted to Not going to be able to go. Hopefully, man, there's a part two. Poor. I'll be there for that one. But yeah. Caitlin's going. Caitlin and Hayden from yeah, Dallas I Sumo think Club. They're both going. Hell yeah. I think, I think isn't Edibo going? I think Ed is going. Edibo um, is just traveling the globe, just dominating every yeah. weight division course, there is. This will be Saturday, August 5th. <laughs> Gone. You're you're gonna you're not gonna have a dearth of sumo events on Saturday, August fifth. You'll yeah. have three to choose from. <laughs> damn it! You're gonna have to get a couple extra TVs I'll and just sitting in your bedroom, just you surrounded by them. Maybe you got to make uh, multiple YouTube accounts or something. Yeah, like, sumo yeah. on all there. sides, just stuffed to the brim with sumo. All right. After that, we do have August the twelfth is the European Beach Seniors Sumo Championship, and that is in Poland. And you can find more information at europeansumofederation.com. It's always nice to hear about senior events because I think they get overlooked a lot. You know? I know. It'd you know, be fun I, to fight at the beach. No, hold on, hold on. I have to set atmosphere. Like, remember, like they do. Remember that guy on movies? He'd be like, in a world. Like that Joy Division In a world. Song? <laughs> <laughs> All right. And then on Saturday, <laughs> like September it. 2nd, in Dripping Springs, Texas. Oh. The third annual Consulates Cup. Third annual. Sumo tournament hosted by Dark Circle Sumo. Dark Circle Sumo. So if you go onto the interbutts, there is a really fucking cool video that was made by Dark Circle, Dallas Sumo Club, and Corey fucking made this. I mean, I already kind of knew. But at this point, for sure, I'm like, just trust the vision. Yeah, just no, it vision. was a very well put together promo video. Yeah, I was, was fucking incredibly impressed with that. It's the whole thing. It, it reminds me of like fucking uh, like Tetsuo, the Iron Man, and then like <laughs> a little bit of Sanctuary thrown in. Yeah, like, yes. definitely got both vibes. Man, and it was just so much fun doing it. It was just way we all had fun. And of course, hanging out man. with the homies from Austin. Hell yeah. It was so much fun. Yeah, video turned out fucking magnificently, though. Good job, Corey. Yeah, kicking ass. So, a little bit of sumo news. On the uh, international sumo news front. Mm -hmm. Sumo news. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for our news jingle, Rick. That's why we invited you onto this, our 50th episode in our magnificent new house. Number five zero. (laughs) So on this this magnificent day and this uh, 
I guess an unfortunate topic is that Sumo was not invited to be a part of the 2025 World Game. Man, what the fuck? I know, right? So, as everyone might remember, there was a little something called Backflip Gate at yes. the World Games. We may have been the ones that coined that term, by the way. <laughs> Backflip Gate. Um, so, one of the wrestlers for Egypt had celebrated his victory against a Ukrainian wrestler, both lightweight, by doing a backflip in the middle of the doyo. The judges really didn't like that. They decided to reverse the decision and give the win to the Ukrainian guy instead of the Egyptian guy. Yeah. And then there was a big to-do. The coach from the Egyptian team, which is the former pro-Rikshi Osuna Rashi, threw a big old hissy fit about mm-hmm. it. And made like a, a huge scene baby. and had to be escorted by the cops out of the Embarrassing. Arena. Yeah. Um, they decided ultimately to just have a rematch. And then the Egyptian wrestler won again. Because of all this, the World Games, what are they called? The World Games Committee? Like, I think it's like the WG. What? Well, bef- before that, weren't they banned from the open weight the next day? Yeah. 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 yeah they-, they sent the Egyptian wrestlers home. They kicked them off campus. They kicked them out of their, out of their, uh, were they staying in the dorms or in a hotel? They were staying in the dorms and they had to yeah. like find a hotel Ooh. because oh. they were kicked out. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. And to me, that's a pretty shitty thing to do, though. Honestly, like being in a foreign country and then all of a sudden, like you have to figure out where you're going to fucking sleep when you had housing previously. And see, that's that to me is kind of like raises an eyebrow with me. First, I kind of see. This, this is the thing that, that I, uh, that kind of like set me off. Cause on one hand, they said, you know, sumo, international sumo federation, you guys don't have your shit together with your policies. You should have these policies in place or whatever things like this happen. It's just cut and dry. Bam, bam, bam. That's how we do it. But sumo, especially with pro sumo and even to a lesser extent, amateur sumo in Japan, Things kind of are handled on a case-by-case basis, especially in pro sumo, and things really prefer to be handled in-house. Yeah. And so... Some things that maybe shouldn't be, though. Yeah. 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 So, the International Sumo Federation, and uh, if you were to watch the video, which is on our YouTube channel, if you were to watch the events that unfold after the backflip happened and uh, before they decided to do the, uh, the rematch... They did have higher ups in the International Sumo Federation and they were talking about things and they decided, well, maybe it would be too harsh. You know, like I said, on a case by case basis, maybe it would be too harsh to just go ahead and, you know, just immediately disqualify him. So we'll just do Tori Naoshi. So a lot of times, you know, in pro sumo, when they can't really anyone can't come to a consensus of who touched the ground first or if it was too close to call. Make him fight again. Yeah, Tori Naoshi. So that in the sumo world that makes sense that's what we're used to that's kind of how we see but that world games council or what whoever Mm -hmm. they are international world games association if i think yeah something some acronym but those guys decided that sumo you wait as an sorry as an international entity didn't have its shit together enough to be included you know in this next iteration of the world games and because of that display they're like well you know, well, maybe you guys uh, need to take a, you know, take a 
a sabbatical year off from the, until the one yeah, after 2025. Yeah. You know, which to me, <sighs> on one hand, I could kind of see their perspective if it yeah. wasn't for the fact that they sent the Egyptian guys home like a bunch of assholes. Yeah. yeah. So that pisses me off that they're they have the fucking audacity to talk shit about you know the sumo world the amateur sumo world which i am a part of and i fucking love being a part of yeah but they have the audacity to fucking try and bring that shit into play when they're the ones that fucking kick these dudes out of their fucking hotel room essentially onto the street that that yeah it was it was the world games association that kicked them out yeah you know, but uh, I've heard a lot of different things that it was the way that the Federation had handled the situation. I've heard that it was um, just the publicity of it and how it um, it looked really bad to have a coach like screaming and yelling at the judges and then the cops coming in to have to drag him out. And, you know, I've, I've even heard some people say that like, well, if the guy hadn't done the backflip to begin with and just, you know, known better because sumo has a certain decorum, this would have never happened. So it's his fault or whatever, you know, there's been a lot of different theories as to why they made this decision. Yeah. But we don't know one way or another, and they're probably never going to tell us. It just sucks that everyone's affected by one person's decision. Right. And and I think some of it has to do with there's not a actual written rule in sumo that you have to be, uh, you know, stoic. It's just expected. It's, yeah. it's one of those things. Remember... Good uh, sportsmanship, I guess. Yeah. Well, in, in uh, anthropology, we say there's the edict and the emic perspective. So mm. edict being that you're on the outside looking mm. into a culture. Yeah. And the emic being that you're on the inside of a culture and you can look out. Mm-hmm. So um, I think for those of us that are edict of Japanese culture. You know, we are outside of Japanese culture and by participating in sumo, we are participant observers of that culture. Yeah, of course. And so we have to be respectful of the culture, be respectful of the expectations. And, you know, there is no doubt in anyone's mind and everybody who knows anything about Japan or Japanese culture knows there are a lot of unwritten rules. Mm-hmm. It just, that's just Japan's And not even every Japanese a... person agrees with them. Yeah. yeah. You know, but that's not for outsiders to decide. Yeah, exactly. we can have opinions about it, but we can't actually fucking say, you know what, Japan, you should do this because I am from America and I said so. Yeah. No, but so the, the thing that I'm saying is, and, and then, but, but any country, you know, all over the globe, you know, if you're going to participate in something that is so near and dear to the Japanese people like sumo. Sumo isn't just uh, a martial art, or and it's and some people even say no, it's not a martial art. It's Japanese culture. It's mm. like fucking kabuki, you know. Yeah. It's like uh, like making katanas. It's like, like an art making, form. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and it's, it is. It technically is a martial art form. You may say. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that sumo can't just be stripped down to just being just a sport you can't right. just have it divorced from the the it's a way of life. life yeah you bring up a good point though how many japanese people are part of the world games uh association i don't know how and many... really have that cultural understanding true yeah. sure. exactly the I, people I mean, who made this decision, are they Japanese? Yeah. Or was there any kind of input? So I, I really don't know. But what I do know is that 
I don't think there was any, uh, it feels punitive, you know, I don't think that it was any type of attempt to really try and gain any kind of understanding. I think, uh, to put it as my dad would put it, it was a clusterfuck. (laughs) So we can't really put blame on everybody, you know, because I mean, everybody has a little bit of blame. Uh, You know, the Rikishi definitely have some blame, you know, whenever they were, uh, you saw that there was another dude. Uh, after you know, uh, a there Ukrainian. was a different Ukrainian dude who also did a backflip. I guess, but kind he of did is, that afterwards. And yeah, after the whole fucking thing. You know, I yeah, think. Yeah. I think as a protest. Yeah, maybe, exactly. You know, just to be like, hey guys, it's not actually that big of a deal. Look, I'm doing a backflip too, but he didn't do it in the middle of the dojo. That's exactly, very true. he didn't. So. But uh, it just feels like uh, people wanting to flex nuts. People not liking the fucking the publicity or the bad publicity of it all. Yeah. And I think the uh, the behavior, you know, of Azuno Arashi and that's it, it, even he himself admitted that that was a bad move. He made a video about it. He he's talked about it, you know, at length. He's just a really passionate guy. We yeah. all are very passionate about sumo. But the thing that's important about it is that we have to respect that. We're participating in something that does not belong to us. Yeah. That we are guests in a culture. Exactly. And then we have to be respectful of that culture. You know, me being yeah. a, being an Indian guy, you know, or so I, indigenous, I guess I could be PC. But <laughs> so being an indigenous person, you know, right. I try to treat sumo and Japanese culture the way I wish other people would treat my culture. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I try exactly. to have the utmost respect. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But it was still shitty of the World Games to do that. <laughs> it was yeah, shitty of the World Games. Sucks. The whole situation from beginning to end was shitty. Yeah. And I just really think that it is extremely punitive. I think we could, uh, there could have been a different, a, another way. Remember whenever they made Hakuho sign that uh, they, well, if you're going to be an Oyakata, then you got to behave. Why couldn't <laughs> they do that to all of us? Hey, Kay, well, you know, you rowdy sumo guys are, you know, passionate about your, your sport. Yeah, Matsutaro. So, yeah, yeah go ahead and <laughs> sign this fucking, sign this paper and don't do it again. You know, they could have handed yeah. us a JSA punishment, you know. Fuck. Yeah, you know, something saying, hey, you're, you've behaved badly if you do it again. But you know what, what makes it even worse mm. is you know you take like the actual olympics not the world games but the actual fucking olympics look at how many people are throwing like tennis rackets dude i was literally just about right. to say that didn't exactly. that one guy i can't remember his fucking name either didn't he throw a tennis racket like at a judge or some shit probably you've got people like who throw fits about how matches turn out all the time in the actual fucking olympics you know, and the the World Games is supposed to be like a step down from that. So, yeah, I feel like we can keep beating this subject. But I just wanted to say before we continue, you know, how I like to put a positive spin on everything. If nothing else, this incident helped to bring sumo more into the public light, at least in the U.S. Yes, it was a controversy, but how many different people who had never given a fuck about sumo before started giving a fuck about sumo because of that controversy? And and to put another positive spin on this... Yeah, do it. ...is that 
the world games is going to miss out on how much sumo is going to yeah, grow sure. because it's already like growing and growing and growing. There Big are time. new dudes at Dallas Sumo Club today. Yep. There's new people starting sumo clubs everywhere. There's Reading Sumo Club now. Dude, it seems like there's a new sumo club DMV popping sumo. up at least like one a week now. I wonder if there's an Irish sumo club. I bet there is. We should look it up when we're if done not, with this. If not, then there's going to be. <laughs> But see, more sumo clubs are popping up. Sumo is fucking, you know, getting super popular on a global scale once again. I want to see. They're going to miss out on it. I want to see the Irish sumo club and the Scottish sumo club gang up on the English sumo club. <laughs> 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 is that bad? That'd, that'd be Maybe. fun to see. I don't care. I'm all for it. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go Scottish Open. Yeah. Let's go ahead and get to the main topic of the episode, the, the Nagoya Basho. Nagoya. First up, Jurio. We had some newbies in Jurio this Basho. Yeah. Jurio newbies. So I've been keeping an eye on these Jurio newbies. I mean, I've been keeping an eye on a couple of them anyway. Uh, the first one is from Ikazuchi Beya Shishi. Shishi! Shishi! Nice. Shishi. That's just a fun name to say. Yep. Shishi. Shishi. It's a good one. That's yeah. what I call my... Never mind. <laughs> I'm you know, sorry. Mar- Marky Nas got to wrestle Shishi at one what? of the opens. Yeah, but- oh my god, what? really? That's cool. Yeah, I can't remember what his That's real awesome. name is, but yeah. That's fucking cool. And I want to so- wrestle Shishi. Yeah, kick your ass, dude. <laughs> he's no reba mcintyre <laughs> <laughs> so Shishi is doing pretty damn well and uh well i thought he was doing pretty damn well but looking at his score he ends day eight at four and four and then we have formerly kawazoi of miyagano beya mm-hmm. he had his name shortened to kiho so kiho ends day eight at five and three and he's he really is kicking some fucking some booty holes he had like this brutal fucking slap down victory over sushi manada and then nice uh one of my favorite names in sumo by the way sushi manada yeah that's just fun to say <laughs> it really and it makes me hungry for some reason <laughs> And then uh, good old Ono Sato, you know, uh, speaking of the World Games, you know, mm. Daiki Nakamura, you know, yes. from the World Games is now Ono Sato. Yes! And nice. uh, he Level got up. slapped down by Kiho. Oh, don't forget Yuma. Oh, Yuma! Yeah, Yuma ends day eight at two and six. It's his first time in Jurio, though, right? That's, that's true. So, so hopefully go, he's kind of getting his bearings. In, you know, sometimes you might have to take a dip back down yeah, in Makushta and get back up again. That's okay. That's pretty common, though. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. We've still got a whole second week of the Basho right. to get through. Yeah, we do. And in other Jurio news, at the end of day eight, uh, some notable scores in Jurio are that Atami Fuji, my son, <laughs> Chiyomaru, <laughs> and Tamashoho. All end day eight with a score of six and two. Nice. Good job, boys. Yeah, fuck yeah. Keep that shit up. Especially my son. Son, I'm proud of you. (laughs) Now let's talk about the Makauchi newbies. The Maka newbies? The Maka newbies. Maka newbies. (laughs) (laughs) See, I, I can tell you're really like... Feeling this whole podcast thing yeah, because yeah, yeah. you keep using your like radio voice. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. The radio. I yeah. love it. I love it. This is why we love having you on the show, Rick. <laughs> All right. Maku newbies include Hakuoho, formerly Ochi. My other son. At 
My Gashira 17. Yeah, let's go. As many probably remember, this is Hakuho's vanity project. I, I mean, prodigy who <laughs> zoomed up to Makuchi faster than the bullet train that transported him to Nagoya. And, uh, of course, he still has the short hair. He hasn't even been in sumo long enough to grow enough hair for a regular mage, let alone a chon <laughs> you know, mage. There's a regular mag. There's a, there's a word for that. And uh, yeah. so it's called zanbara. 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 That's whatever. Like that. Yeah, you don't have hair that's long enough to be put into the I mage. I think I had a pair of those yeah, back in the 90s. God damn. <laughs> so, no, wait, yeah, that was you have, bad. Whenever you get it all slicked back, you know, they, they still put the Bensuke wax, but they just slick it all back. That's the Zanbara. I hear that Bensuke smells really good. It do. Looks then like- we also have Gonoyama, who is Magashira 13. Shit, that's Big G. I think that he is one of the ones that a lot of fans have been sleeping on. He did throw salt in Hakuoho's game in May by being Hakuoho's only loss. Damn. Probably just because he was salty that Atami Fuji had beaten him the day prior. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. All your sons are fighting. <laughs> right. Oh, I guess Gonoyama's not one of your sons. No, that's just Big G. He's no, like yeah, the neighborhood big, no, kid that, was, that lives down the street. That was a, that was a good fight by Big G. Yeah. See, they were both at Jurio 1. They both ended the tournament at 14 wins and one loss. But Gonoyama ended up at Maegashira 13 and Hakuoho ended up at Maegashira 17. I think because Gonoyama's been around the block a few times. He's, he won the Yusho. And ha- well, that too. And Hakuoho is very new to pro sumo. I so think- there's a four rank difference, four, four Damn. and a half between these two Rikshi. I, yeah. I think also the fact that Go- not only did Gonoyama get the fucking Yusho, but he beat Hakuoho in the playoff. You know, yeah. So there was like a there was their regular scheduled bout, and then they were like, "Oh, okay, well, here's the playoff," and still got smoked. And Gonoyama's Tachiai is nothing to fuck with, man. That thing is straight Wu Tang. It was ser- <laughs> like seriously, you can't fuck with that Tachiai. It's just yeah. brutal. Another newbie is Shonanumi, Shonanumi, Maegashira fourteen. 30? Yes. Maegashira 14, and he is currently at the end of day eight with a score of five and three. I'm keeping track of Shonana Umi because he is on my fantasy team for my domination league. Yeah. So I got my fingers in some sumo fantasy pies. You're always fingering some pie or another. Yeah. And then there's a <laughs> So there's there's the Nemo League, you know, that is my my tried and my true my Nemo league. Nemo. And then there is the fucking the domination league. That's the one I got into with those Salt City guys. Oh, nice! It's it's a pretty it's different rules and they're more brutal rules. You know, like you could choose some of the same ricochet, you know, in the right. Nemo league. But in this fucking domination league, if someone picks them, you can't choose them. Damn. Mm, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm currently getting smoked. Furiosa, what do you think about Gonoyama and Hakuo? Hakuo? I want to say Hakuocho. Hakuo. Hakuocho. Furiosa, tell me what you think about the Makuchi noobs. Mm, Very compelling. You you just sacrifice a microphone and put peanut butter on it? No, we are not doing that. Day one, absent Rikshi included 
Wakatakakage, but I think everybody kind of assumed that was going to happen. Yep. Uh, he was bumped down to Maegashira 12, since he also sat out the last Basho. Then we have <laughs> Takakesho. Takakesho. So he was Yum. Kataban last Basho, if I recall correctly, right? Yeah. I think he was Kataban last Basho, but he got the prerequisite oh, right. number of wins, so he was no longer Kataban. Um, so he's going to be so Kataban again after this Basho. For, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, he'll be Kataban for this one. And then Karishima, formerly Kiribayama, Kiribayama. Yeah. on his first day as Ozeki. First day as Ozeki. Come on, bro. Don't think I didn't hear you call him Krispy Kreme. <laughs> so poor Karishima fucking suffered some bad rib contusions. Aww. Sure. Eating too much ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I get contused. Yeah, when I'm was... when I'm chowing down on those, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Wakatakakage, Takakesho, Karishima, absent day one. Whack. Day two though, Nishkigi versus Terunofuji. Oh, let's go. Let's talk about this fucking bout between my doppelganger, yeah. if you say so. Terunofuji <laughs> tries to lock up Nishkigi's arms. As he loves to do. He loves that that armbar. He Himadashi. does. It's like it's like his go-to move, especially now that yeah. his you know his knees are right. kind of fucked up. But Nishkigi, Nishkigi don't care. He just Kizuna. flips the Yokozuna with a Tsukuinage, gaining that sweet, sweet Kimboshi. Teru looked kind of annoyed about this. And, uh, Nishkigi actually looked almost confused or concerned about it. Was it was smooth as fuck, but uh, yeah, you could tell like it just. When it happened, it was like both of them didn't realize that it happened. I know. Both of them were surprised. Like, dude, that just happened? Yeah. Yeah. And it seemed like the audience was a little bit confused, too, maybe, because they seemed very reluctant to start throwing the Zomaton. I saw some flying through the air as they were, you know, dismounting the Doyo. Yeah. But. um, I think they were just like, there's not going to be a Monoweed? Is there going to be a motorway? Because you saw they, they had them cut. No, it was yeah, pretty clean. No, I saw a few clean. people holding them aloft, like ready to fucking fire. <laughs> but that for whatever reason, a lot of them didn't. And you saw people too, like kind of covering their heads, just waiting for the fucking pillows to come down on them. Yeah, for real. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. They, they really did seem kind of distracted and a, a bit in disbelief over that whole thing. But it kind of turned out to be a trend because then day three, we had Tobizaru versus Terano Fuji. Holy shit, Damn. man. This is such yeah. a nice, brutal fight. <laughs> well, apparently, Teru was determined to denude poor Tobizaru. Luckily, Tobizaru's Mawashi stayed mostly intact, at least the part that counts anyway, until he could wear the Yokozuna down for a Yorikiri victory and a torrential downpour of Zabutan. Man, <laughs> Doppelganger got robbed. Aww. See, Tobizaru got the Zabutan throws, but not Nishiki. <laughs> he got a few. He got a little bit. No, that dude, that inside sweep that he... Like in, uh, Tobizaru did was nasty, and it, you could tell it shook up Ataru Fuji right away. And like, it really, as did. soon as he as soon as he got that kick in, and you could tell like it it must have like shocked his knees or something because his knees yeah. were his knees were done, and he you know he almost p- pushed him out right there, but he held the line. But then as soon as he started walking him backwards, 
he couldn't stop going backwards. Yeah. And then he stopped there. And then you could tell he could barely stand. You can barely, he could yeah, barely, he, he was, could barely come back and bow, dude. He was like fluctuating. Yeah, I think yeah. he was saying that it was his back, like herniated yeah, discs. Yeah. I, I could see herniated discs making your legs act like dude, that. And you, you know, they show like them walking back to the locker room and stuff. He could tell he was in pain. He even yeah. had his arms. He was holding on to yeah, his exactly. uh, like little attendants. Yeah, yeah. He had both yeah. his arms on his attendant shoulders, was walking back. He, just, he was in pain. Poor yeah. Guy. Poor dude. And he did actually end up pulling out on day four. Um, speaking of day four, there was a notable bout between Asanoyama and Onosho. <laughs> yes. You so want to good. tell us about that one? Yeah. I thought Asanoyama was toast. And he just, he totally failed to wrangle Onosho's Tachiai in any manageable way whatsoever. I, I had already accepted that Asanoyama was going down. I was like, nope. That's, yeah, I was like, Onosho's got this. He's just, he, Onosho's a bull. He just bowls you over, you know? Yeah. And then. Yeah. Gets a Sanayama, fucking drives his ass all the way to the Tawara, and then out of fucking nowhere, bam, pulls a Sukui Nage out of his ass, and then just fucking tosses Onosho down onto the clay, just fucking flopped his meat. Man, that, that he really did make it look easy. It's like, god damn it. <laughs> this was also the day that Karishima returned. Yeah. So our true. newest Ozeki wasn't gone for too long. Three I'm, days. I'm glad he showed back up. Yeah. I was kind of upset. I was like, what the fuck? He still doesn't look 100%, but he's, he's yeah. hanging in there. He's doing the thing. Well, he's actually the highest ranked Rikshi in this tournament yes. now since Terran of Fuji pulled out and uh, Takakesho had already pulled out on day one. Battle yeah. Hamster, come on, man. <laughs> that brings us into day six Ura versus Hokuseho. Ura is actually 11 inches shorter than Hokuseiho. Damn. Fucking rude. Almost a whole <laughs> foot shorter. Yeah. He is also 100 pounds lighter than Hokuseiho. Holy shit. And 10 years older. Although, okay. who knows if that really counts for anything. Who do you think actually won this match? <laughs> I know. I synced it. Oh, I synced it too, but it's, okay. it was a six. I, when it when I first saw them coming up, I was like, "Holy shit, let's go!" Let's put it this way: Have you ever seen those contests where they grease up a pig and then a bunch of fucking rednecks race around to see who can catch the pig first? I've seen it, but I'm from Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. For some reason, that image popped into my mind as I was watching these two fights. Hokuseiho just. Couldn't seem to get a good lock on the wiggly, squiggly Ura. <laughs> His height did not matter in this match. His weight did not matter either. Ura just kept squirming out of every jam Hokuseiho tried to get him in. Like, a, like he was some sort of slimy, slippery eel. <laughs> but eventually, Ura was able to get behind him Yo. and escort him out by Okuri Dashi. Man, yeah, there was a sick sidestep, and he just he grabbed like the back of his belt and pulled himself behind him. Oh, just fucking fuck walked yes, him dude. right back out, just pushed him out like a little train. You know, watching it, uh, the way in which it was recorded at you know regular speed, it's 
you could really see it, there was a whole lot of uh, fluctuation of strength. You know, people just kind of like out muscling each other. It looked yeah. fucking cool, and you could really see them put, yeah, yeah. putting their everything into it. Right. But then, whenever you watch the, uh, it was either NHK or Abima. But whenever they would do the playback, you know, because you have the bout. And then right. they show a replay. Since it was so long, they played it in fast forward. Yeah. They played it in fast motion. <laughs> yeah. And I could not get yakety sacks out of my head whenever I was watching it go in fast motion because it looked fucking goofy. Because <laughs> they're sitting there, kind of, it almost looks like they're having like a weird dance or something. Right. I don't even think that's the first time we've tried to sing yakety sacks on this podcast. <laughs> we mentioned yakety sacks a lot. On this podcast, sumo something. is a goofy sport. Okay, <laughs> I I love sumo, but yeah, it's um, Hokuseiho is new to Makuchi. People are kind of starting to figure him out now. Yeah. He's a little bit of a one trick pony he, I, currently. He he reminds me of like Frankenstein. Yes, he, he uses goes his in, height he almost to his stands advantage. up right away. He goes for that back grip right like, That's what he does. He comes in and just stands right up and just goes because he can reach over everybody. He just right. goes right straight for the back grip and then he just stands there. Whereas, he just lets people tucker themselves out yeah. and just kind of throws them out. <laughs> or he's, he does like to try things and sometimes that can fuck him up uh, pretty often actually because he's always doing some random ass shit. But he does like to be more technical. And so it really worked out for him this time. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. Uda magic. Why don't you tell us about day seven? All right. So day seven, we had Hoshoryu versus Asanoyama. So Haas, of course, we know uh, Haas is a very throw-happy man. So Haas goes for an Uwatanage because that's what Haas does. But Asa, uh, I was about to say Asa Shoryu. What the fuck? <laughs> but Asanoyama resists, so Hoshoryu drags his punk ass all the way to the other side of the dojo and then just tosses him out there. There was <laughs> no use resisting the Uwatanage. There was always going to be an Uwatanage. The eternal and infinite Uwatanage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty sick. It was so fast. But it was kind of sad because he kind of got like a bad bicep tear from that. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn, did he? Yeah, he actually did. Uh, Asanoyama ended up pulling out on day eight because his bicep was partially ruptured, I think they said, e- uh, during that bout. And going into day eight, a couple other notable bouts. We have Nishkigi versus Tobizaru. Yeah, <laughs> this is such a fun fight. <laughs> Of course, both are Maegashira one. Uh, both gained a Kimboshi in this tournament yeah. against Terano Fuji. Terano Fuji. Terano Fruity. I really just wanted to mention this because <laughs> there are s- <laughs> there are some people who are kind of butthurt that Nishkigi won against Tobizaru. But um, you know Nishkigi, who has the better score than mm, Tobizaru. That is true. That is true. Yeah. Yep. Nishkigi, whose style of sumo was a little bit more uh, well-rounded than Tobizaru. Very true. Tobizaru is another one that man, likes to. It's a flying monkey, though, man. He, he. I was about to say he, he likes he, to do he, a... he does, he, He's very like chaotic, and he likes to try mm. to rely on his chaoticness. Him but and sometimes Ura it doesn't work. And when similar. you come across someone who's well-rounded, sometimes, sometimes it's not yeah. going to work. 
And Nishkigi is just fucking strong. He's probably one of the the strong. Have you seen his legs? Nishkigi's yeah. legs are like fucking way too big for his body. It's just nothing but muscle. Mm-hmm. I want those legs. It's I like want legs like Nishiki. one of those Colorado River toads we were just talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you just want to lick them. <laughs> also, on day eight we had Karishima versus Midori Fuji. Let's go. This fucking bout. Holy fuck. I watched oh. it like eight times. Yeah, another one <laughs> that people are complaining about yeah. heavily. Yeah. So, God, where to begin? Midori Fuji was actually really giving, really giving Karishima, it's so hard not to call him Kiribayama. I know. Giving Karishima a run for his money before the Gyoji stops the fight to adjust Karishima's washi. What the fuck? He stands there struggling with it for a little while before a Yobadashi has to run up what the fuck and assist too? him. <laughs> it uh, it all took a little longer than I think anybody like, expected it to. What is going on? Is that like, okay, yeah. was that the same Gyoji? Because I, I can't remember, and I, I, I bet this is probably something we should ask Noah. But is that the <laughs> same Gyoji that did the whole Wakataka Kage uh, and Terra no Fuji fucking Mawashi Tai? <gasps> Ooh. Or was that was that Wakataka Kage or was that Wakamoto Haru? It was a Waka. Yeah, I, I think I remember that it was a, definitely a Waka. God, which I, Waka was it? It was one of the Wakas. It was one of them, but uh, there was like that. It was whole, one of those wily Wakas. I think I think you're right though. It was the same Gyoji. Was it the same Gyoji? Oh, see, I, I think, think someone have... was complaining about that same Gyoji, like arbitrarily stopping bouts to fix, you know, these fucking <laughs> uh, these wardrobe malfunctions. Yeah, well, much to the disappointment of every lady and gay man in the audience, they were eventually <laughs> able to get Kiribayama's Mawashi secure. The match then continued as Midori Fuji had his right hand on the back of Kiryu's Mawashi and was then able to slip his left hand in to grab the front. At one point, Kirishima's Sagari, you know, the little dangly things in the front, fell onto the ground, and Midori Fuji aggressively kicks it out of the way, yeah. flying off the dojo. You could hear the murmur from the crowd, like, Get that Ooh. shit out of here. Much to the delight of the crowd, yes. <laughs> Though it looked like Kiri may have had him for a moment, Midori Fuji was able to secure his victory by Shitate Nage as Kirishima's balance finally faltered. The crowd was so impressed that the Zabutan started flying yet again. <laughs> yeah, throw him. <laughs> it's like the the Zabutan throwing was like progressively more exuberant each time it happened. You know, Hell it was just yeah. a little trickle of Zabutans the first time. Yeah. And then it was like a good... Now, dude, this is going to be the Zabutan tournament. And then it's like, you know, a flood of Zabutans. See, just... this is why I wish I spoke Japanese so I could like, you know, ask Nishkigi, do you feel robbed? <laughs> <laughs> do you feel that you were robbed? Well, technically, it's something they're not supposed to do, yeah. guys. Technically, they're supposed to be respectful and keep their pillows under their butts. Right. But, to. Uh, but we definitely don't want to see them do that. We want to see I them. I would fart on it and throw it so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Take that and no skate anymore. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just reminded me of that one time that, like, 
I think it was Shodai got like smacked in the back of the head with a zombie tot. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even remember when exactly it was, but it was funny as hell. (laughs) So that ends the first week of the tournament with the top Rikshi being Hokuto Fuji. I know, right? Nishkigi and Hoshoryu. Yeah. What do you guys think about our three front runners? Hokuto Fuji's my homie. I'm I'm about to text them here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking Nishkigi, you know that's my doppelganger. And, if you say so. Yeah, and and he is a powerful one, and uh, I'm enjoying watching him. You know, he's my avatar. Nice. He's my Ozumo avatar, and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing pretty good, aren't I? Yeah, How really. long has he been in Makauchi? Because it feels like it's been almost the entire time we've been watching Sumo. No, he. I think he slipped back down to Jurio. Like, did he? He might have. Let's take a look at his weird little thing. Yeah, 2017. He was in the Jurio. Yeah, he went back to Jurio in January 2020. So yeah, he he used to dip a little bit. I think he might have been nursing an injury because mm. I remember he would kind of ebb and flow. But now it just seems like he's back. Now he's just ready to you know throttle some fools, and I'm here for it. And Hokuto Fuji, you know the Billy Goat Gruff. He's doing what he does best. He's just like ramming the shit out of people with his head. Hell yeah. He seems to have a little bit more uh, like technical grasp. He's just feeling it, I guess. His techniques are coming to fruition. A lot of people are talking about Hoshoryu as the next Ozeki. What do you guys think about that? I mean, if he could uh, get the numbers, then yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's getting there. He's really close. He had... 10 wins in March. He had 11 wins in May. He's at seven wins right now. So we're going to be looking at another Ozeki. Oh, where's Wood? Where's Wood? I think it's maybe, I think he needs like maybe (laughs) six or seven wins to get, yeah, to get the Is that 33? Yeah, it would be, uh, let's see if he's got seven now. So that's uh, 28. So he would need five more wins, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, five more wins. If it's like wins. the last three boss show, you add those together. Yeah, let's go, Haas. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what about Hokuto Fuji? Let's take a look at his... Because he's at Mangashira 9 right now. He has gotten a Makikoshi for every tournament since November. So that means he's he's getting his groove back. Last too. September was the last Kachikoshi he got, and he had a ten and five. Nice, nice. Man, so, he he has such a cool little salt ceremony with his like forehead thing. Yeah. yeah. I have a t shirt with that on it. No way, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think that just about covers it for week one. Stay tuned for week two. Anything can happen at this point. Until then. Remember, if you want to support the U.S. youth competitors going to Japan in October. Let's go. You can go to the United States Sumo Federation Instagram page. You can take a look and see who each of the competitors are and what you can do to support them, to help them go to Japan and show them that sumo is alive in America. Yeah. Because you know, the children are our future. I believe the children are the future. future. Teach them well, let them lead the work. <laughs> Show them all the sumo you possess inside. Sumo future. <laughs> Give them a touch, Give them the touch, <laughs> <laughs> To make it easy. 
easy yet? Okay, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> okay. But this yeah. is what happens when you put beers in me, yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. Why did you do this to me? Sumo punk, sumo punk, sumo punk. Oh, yeah, yeah good I appreciate point. you guys having <laughs> us out. Right. Rick, thank you so much for joining us. You're always a pleasure. Yeah. If people wanted to find you online, where could they find you? Uh, I've been at Instagram, Facebook, just Rick G's with the threes. Rick G's with the threes. Rick G's with the threes. Awesome. You can also find us on Instagram. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. If you look for us on the Twitters, make sure you put Punk Sumo because I fucked up the Twitters. You can also find our shop on Redbubble and T Public. That's right. We have two shops now. And if you like the episode, please give us a rating because it helps other people find this podcast. That's our show. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.